so much. CG, it's great to be uh, with you today. And uh, we're starting a Christmas series, and so I've got my, my Christmas jumper on. Yeah, I know, it's not the most outrageous, but it works for me. Um, so we want to talk to you over the next few weeks about God in this Christmas season. Um, that God is for us, that God is with us, that God is home, or, or we're going to be home with us as we celebrate carols, um, hopefully across this town, inviting many people in, the truth that God came to dwell, make his home at us, with us, and to essentially bring us home with him. That's why he came. And then God is in us, uh, which is going to be a fantastic series in the, in the book of Romans. And so um, I'm kicking us off today. Um, God is for us. And uh, maybe you know that, maybe you don't. We've been declaring it already. And uh, if you want a subtitle to this message, it's like no other gift. The fact that God is for us. And uh, that's what I want to talk about uh, this morning. Um, do, you reckon, do you reckon we get what we generally deserve in this life? Do you think, do you think we get... We get what we deserve. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about Christmas. We were around the, 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 the dinner table as a family the other day, and um, one of the kids said, oh, I'm not, not that bothered, you know, about this whole Christmas thing. And I said, well, we'll put um, a lump of coal in your stocking. And uh, as I said that, I thought, where, where on earth does that whole coal thing come from? So I did a little bit of research, and it turns out um, that, you know, we, we, we know the deal, don't we? Uh, if you're good, you get gifts toys and the like, and if you're not, you, you get cold. And um, like, where does that come from? Well, apparently, it's not a great, it's not a, it's not a you know, it's not a brilliant uh, story, actually. Um, so you might wonder why I'm telling it. But uh, Father Christmas comes down the chimney, looks around, someone's going to get cold. Well, fireplace, what can I give that's not very good? Coal. Here you go, in your stocking. That's, what, that's, that's apparently where, where it comes from. That's as good as it gets. But there's something more exciting than that. Because if you are in France or Belgium, uh, there is uh, someone else alongside Saint Nick, and his name is Pierre Foutard. And apparently, literally translated, this means whipping father. Uh, I think you know where this is going, don't you? So if you've not been good in Belgium or France, according uh, to myth or legend, then... Yeah, it's not going to be that nice. But there's even worse in Austrian folklore. There is someone called Krampus, and he is a Christmas demon. He's up on the screen. Actually, I should have said this might need a, a warning of about a 15. Too late. Um, and uh, apparently this guy, if you've not been so good in a, Austrian folklore, will do one of three things. He'll either beat you, he'll kidnap you, or he'll eat you. Um, so actually, I, I'll take the coal every time. So anyway, there's always this talk of good and bad, isn't there? Even at Christmas. But this goes throughout all of life. And what if, just imagine, what if in life, the way that we live now determines our destiny forever and ever? Questions therefore come of how good do you have to be to both get some toys at Christmas, also so maybe to, to get into heaven and be with God? Or whose standard are we measuring this by? At the start of this Christmas season, I want to make something clear 
or as clear as I can. If there is a God, and I believe there is, and if he is the supreme value in all of the universe, then if we don't honor him or recognize him, then presumably we're going to be in trouble. And if that God is holy and just, and I would want him to be if he is God, then by his standard, a perfection that I know I cannot reach, then I am in trouble. By the letter of the law, I know that I don't measure up, and therefore I should be punished. It makes logical sense to me, and I am therefore condemned to die or to be without this God forever and ever. And that's exactly what the Bible says. We are all, the Bible tells us, subject to God's wrath. What is his wrath? It's his displeasure over us as those that are away from him, the one who created us, and we've not acknowledged him in any sense. Now, I know what you're thinking. Merry Christmas to you, Russ, too. Like, this, what are you talking about? That we're all deserving of death and of wrath? Well, yeah. But wait. The good news of Christmas, the good news of the Bible, is that God is not only a God of holiness and justice, he is a God of love. And do you know this? And I want to I tell you this, this, this day, that God, therefore, is for you. God is for you. He is not against you. And we read this in Romans 8, verse 1. It's like a conclusion of all of chapters 1 to 7 in Romans. And it says this, and this is our key verse for today. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's quite a statement. And that's why I've said that this is like no other gift. It's the greatest ever. It's the good news of, of joy that the shepherds were told about by the angels upon the hillside that a son was going to be born in Bethlehem. And we're going to look at this gift today. And in just a few minutes, if you haven't received this particular gift, I'm going to give you the opportunity to even grab hold of this today. First of all, let's look at what the gift is. What is the gift? Well, let's look a bit further into Romans 8. Um, 2 and 3 says this. If you've got a Bible, then feel free to open into Romans 8, and uh, otherwise it's going to come up on the screen. It says, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death because through Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, you have been set free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he, God, condemned sin in the flesh. Whoa, there's plenty in there. 
But let's be clear, it's not so much a what is this gift, it's much more of a who. You see, it is God through Christ who has initiated this gift. And it talks about the law, this law of sin and of death. That's what we are born into, if you like, outside of God. And the law is very good at condemning, isn't it? The law, because we can never quite measure up to what we, even our own standards sometimes, let alone this holy and perfect and just God standard, it's very good at condemning. It always brings a verdict of guilty. God's own son, though, was sent in flesh. He was incarnated. This is the Christmas story. This is Jesus being sent by God the Father, his one and only son, across time and space to come and live as, well, be born as a baby and to live upon this earth. The Christmas story comes into our earthly story. A deity, a God, in the likeness of flesh, in the likeness of sinful flesh, but he did not sin, that's really important, was therefore able to be condemned for our sin. His flesh took the penalty. He bore the price. He took our place as a substitute. It's God who saves us from God. It's God's love that saves us from God's wrath because he is for us. Let me illustrate this by a little story. Um, You might have heard this before. Uh, A guy, maybe it's you, in your early 20s. You um, you know, you've, you've been brought up in a fairly strict home and you know, some things haven't gone your way and you begin to rebel a little bit. And you've just dropped out of college because you never did want to do law. And so you've gone and you've come home and you've got into some bad stuff. And then you out driving one day and you've already got some points on your license. And you're caught by the police doing 65 in a 30 mile per hour zone. You're going to lose your license probably and it's not going to be it's not going to be good for you. You're going to, how are you ever going to get a job? And, and so you end up in court, actually, because you, you've got no, no ground. So you end up in court, and the, the one thing that you remember as you're coming into this courtroom is that your dad is the judge. And you think in your head, you think, well, if he's the judge, then surely he loves me, and he's going to be able to get me off of this. But then you think, well, I'm guilty. I did what I did. And he is a good judge. And he's always punishing the guilty, but he's always redeeming the innocent. And so you stand there and the judge, here's the, the case and <clears throat> he looks at his son and he says, you are guilty. And I charge you to a thousand pound fine and, or a week in prison. And you know as you stand there in the dock that you've cannot, you cannot pay this fine. You've not got the means for that. But then, in a moment, the father 
steps out of the, this judge's seat. He takes his robes off and he comes towards his son. And he says, yes, you are guilty, but I'm going to take out of my pocket a checkbook and I'm going to write the amount that you owe, the debt that you owe. I'm going to write it down and I'm giving it to you. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. And as you receive that check, (laughs) you hold it and you walk out of court. The the verdict was guilty, but the crime has been paid for by someone else. That is the story of how much God loves us as a father, how much God is for us as his kids. Who's this gift for? Well, it's for anyone who will accept it. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world. Christmas is not about condemnation in Christ. But in order that the world might be saved through him. The gift's for everyone. Even today, here, you might be watching in, you don't know this gift even existed, or you've heard about it, and you just didn't know that this sounds so good and so true, and how can it be so easy? You can be saved from God's wrath today. (laughs) Because God is so loving. He gave his son to become a curse for us. All the wrath that is meant for you has been wrapped up in Jesus's body. And as we come to him and we say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of ignoring you. Cover me over, if you like. Protect me from your coming wrath. And he will. And let me tell you this today, never again will there be a moment of wrath upon your life as you come to Christ through his death and his resurrection. Not one moment of God's displeasure upon your life. No more fear of death or of hell. We don't deserve it. We cannot earn it. This is pure grace of a gift of Jesus Christ. If you want to receive that gift, you can do that right now where you are. If you're watching at home, you can call out to God and trust in his son to cover you from the anger of God is what you deserve, a check that's been written for you so that you can walk out of court free, both today and as you stand before the ultimate judge in a a future day, you will get the verdict of not guilty, no condemnation. If you're making that step, if you're at home, put something in the chat saying, I'm giving my life to Jesus because we'd love to help you and to help you in your journey as you follow him forever. What about the rest of us? If you're already a Christian here, do you continue to live with no condemnation. I think of Joseph in the Christmas story. He'd, uh, Mary was pregnant and 
You know, everyone must have been thinking of what he had done. And it would have been very easy for him to, to get under condemnation of, of I'm not good enough. <laughs> That's often how it, how it happens. I'm a rubbish Christian. And it's not far away from that step to go, actually, I'm a rubbish person, therefore, which is shame and piling shame upon yourself, which does not come from God. In this war against our flesh in terms of sin and the, the guilt that comes with that, have you struggled with that? I know I do. And I can so relate to Paul in chapter seven of this where he says, the good I want to do, I don't seem to do. But the bad that seems to be in my flesh that I don't want to do, I sometimes often end up doing. There is another law. There's a law of sin and death that wages war against this law of life and grace that God has given to us through Christ. Friends, if we struggle like that, it's, it's part of the, the deal. It's part of living a life for Jesus. And if we fall into sin, we can repent. And maybe we'll experience something of God's discipline and a little moment where he chastises us in order to come back to him. But when the enemy gets hold of this, he will want to pull you down. He'll want to say you're not good enough. <laughs> He'll want to say you're not worthy to be called a Christian. He'll want to say that, that how can you witness when your life looks like this? He'll want to say how can you parent? How can you work on your marriage? And we as Christians can hold up this verse and say, for those that are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation nation. The enemy will try to accuse you. But even in those moments, you need to know that God is for you. He might be growing you to fall more in love with him and to step more away from the sin that you so struggle with. But those accusations of the enemy cannot stand. He God is the highest court of appeal, and he is for you. John Piper puts it like this. He says, all of God's condemning wrath and all of his omnipotent opposition, okay, that's what we deserved, against us in our sin has been entirely replaced by almighty mercy and omnipotent assistance. <laughs> How is that? To live like that, this should transform us. Not guilty. Every day, we can enjoy the mighty mercy of God and his always assistance because God is for you. He's always for you. He's not sometimes for you when you do good and sometimes not. He's always for you. This isn't a trivial secret Santa gift. This is a revolution that transforms us to live a life of no condemnation. This is to be enjoyed. This is why we're saying invite the world to come and hear about the Christmas story.
so they too can open this gift. And lastly, does this gift endure? Does it carry on? Does it, does it go through all of life? Well, you bet. Romans 8, 31 to 39. This is my last point, but I'm also going to use it as a response to this message today. Some scripture is going to come up on the screen now. And uh, throughout Romans 8, there's a bunch of rhetorical questions, which if you've become a Christian, even this morning, you can answer. <laughs> if you are already a Christian, you can affirm. And I, I believe that as we do this together, I believe that God is going to be taking condemnation off of people, either that you've put upon yourself or that the, the enemy has used to, 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 to do good in your situation. And so I want us to say these things together. What then shall we say in response of this is the first line. And then there's these rhetorical questions, all right? Now, you can join in at home. I hope you know the answer, all right? If you're saved and you're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation on your life. I want you to declare it and fully, and particularly if you feel like you're under guilt, if you feel like you're full of shame, if you feel like God is distant and you're struggling with sin and other things in your life, then let's declare this over yourself and out to the world, as it were, together. Here we go. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let me tell you, no one. You can shout that out. Who will bring any charge against those that God has chosen? No one can. Who then is the one who condemns? Who can condemn? No one. Who shall separate us, therefore, from the love of Christ? No one. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, none of those things can separate us from the love of God and we remain under no condemnation, not guilty because the price has been paid. Jesus has done it for us and we are guilt-free forever and ever. It doesn't say that those things won't happen. Famine, sword, danger, persecution, nakedness. But in Christ, we don't need to fear them. They don't have victory over us because we are conquerors over them because of Jesus Christ. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen? I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I hope that you've been responding in your heart, even as I've been preaching, that the Holy Spirit might be working in you to free you from any sense of condemnation because the truth of this gospel, the truth and revelation of this verse has been done by Jesus Christ and we are those that inherit it. You know, Christ will never stop loving you. He is always for you. Nothing on earth or in the heavenly realms can come between you and God. 
Friends, let's revel in this truth. Let's enjoy him as we worship him now. Can we, I tell you, at home, I don't know what this truth has done to you, but, and you might need some time like I have in it to reach its full implication in your life. But as we worship him now, let's thank Jesus for the gift that is greater than anything else, that is what Christmas ultimately is all about. Amen? Bless you. Let's worship him. The band are going to lead us.